You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. Welcome all. We're back here again. Another ripping round of football. Another great episode of AFL Unlimited coming right up. Tiz, welcome. Hello, hello. Chook. I love the confidence. Shorty. <laughs> hey, mate. How are you all? Yeah, great. Very, very well. Yeah, Splendid. Yeah, Happy great. Monday. What, a, what another ripping round of football we had. Some, some massive games we're going to talk about. There are seven teams competing for top four spots. There was our third goal of the siren uh, for this season, which goal after the siren, which we had for this season, which was amazing. Do you know that there has been, of the last 10 attempts for goal after the siren, they have all been completed? Players might know, because we the same thing, but who was the last one to miss? Oh, I have a good feeling it's Harry Taylor. It is oh, Harry Taylor, Taylor. <laughs> against the dogs. Yeah. It's interesting fact. I heard Pendles on the radio say it's the first time he's actually ever been in a game decided with a kick yeah. after the well, side. I was watching on when YouTube. When you look at something like Hawkins and Selwood, yeah. he's done yeah. like 13 times or something. I was, it's on a YouTube video popped up with every team's last goal after yeah. siren. And yeah, it was Chris Tarrant. Yeah, since, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Anyways, good glad thing you mentioned uh Collingwood. We'll we'll get this one out of the way early. So obviously the, the high free kick scenario happened. We all saw the issue on the weekend where Ginevan absolutely got decapitated. I think his head was rolling down punt road <laughs> after the game. Um I guess, you know, what was our guys' immediate reaction to this to this rule, to the rule tweak itself and the actual act itself? What do we think was a correct call in that moment? Just a classic overcorrection, I think. We just always go a little bit too... I don't mind the whole idea of not rewarding the guy that mm. um, does create that head-high contact, but, I mean, clearly it did seem, even if it was subconscious, that it was like, we're not going to give this bloke anything. And to be fair, he's probably... Made that bed and now he's sleeping in it. But I just think, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think maybe slightly pull it back after a slight overcorrection. But yeah, don't reward that anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really a, f- a fan of that. You know, they're they're really they're muddying it up. Really more muddy than splendor in the grass this year. Oh. <laughs> it's splendor it, in the mud. They're just making it too complicated. Yeah. And and you, the umpires, they're seeing in the media. He doesn't. They don't want to call that high because then people will say, "Well, there's the the rule again. You've gone and given it to him, even though you just said you weren't gonna." Mm. But I don't know. Potentially opening it up to people going, "Oh, cool. He's just put his head over it. I'm allowed to smash the hell out of him and get away with it." Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's going to be a bit confusing. I reckon. Hopefully, they clear it up. They definitely. Um. I suppose at least put clarification around the rule. Don't know if it changed, so to speak. But as you could clearly tell over the weekend, that the adjudication seem to be different um, and especially that instance probably the most um, alarming where you've got a player you know which is sort of um, brought about how we adjudicate this rule better and yeah clearly got taken high he didn't um, you know I'll make him and didn't uh, initiate mate. the contact but it was taken over his shoulder but um, hopefully they can sort of um, yeah take it back at peg it, it is very... I think we're asking too much of the umpires, though, and I just don't know what it looks like moving forward. So the AFL have come out today and what has shocked me and said that that call was wrong and that it should have been paid high. They disagree for once. But yeah. in that statement, they said that Ginevan initiated the contact. Mm. So Did he? By, the, by the own rule that they yeah, just tweaked during the paid. week, it should, have been, it should have been paid holding the ball. But clearly... 
it's a high tackle, right? Mm. Now we're, just, we're just overcomplicate everything. We've just got to strip stuff back. I know what they're trying to do. I just think, how many times do we go, like with the 50 metres, and we've seen it with all sorts of stuff. There's this massive overcorrection, and I just think if... If someone ducks or drops the knees or does the arm thing, yeah, don't reward them with a free kick, but still be very aware that if it is high, I just think, yeah, big overcorrection. And it just annoys me that we've made such a big thing now out of what was a small thing. It's a simple, you know, don't duck or, you know, it's called play on. You know, it doesn't have to be holding the ball if they lift their arm sort of thing. And they're like, oh, if they lift their arm, it's a free kick against them. Yeah, well, no, it's going to no, be let's, let's, Yeah, well, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Because then we'd be pissed off about all those mistakes that come from that. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, trading problems for more, more problems. So <laughs> where, where do you where do you want them? So yeah, it's gonna be um, gonna be an interesting few weeks. Hopefully they uh, they correct the correction. That would be that would be good. They usually with a rule change, they yeah they go a bit over the top early. Then they they have more data and they have the ability to hopefully um, keep the umpires informed and players know what needs to be done. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people are just trying to give Ginevan a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> You can yeah. do it, well. <laughs> yeah, you definitely could. No, I hopefully they straighten it up, and I think they will. It'll be all right. Well, really, they just have to. They could have just done nothing, and it would have just yeah. resolved the same way. Because now we've had these two massive spikes. It's the second rule that AFL has tweaked or you know flinched on, as Bevo said this year, and yeah. it's making the AFL look silly because they're bowing to public pressure because the public know better what the rules of the game are, and the players know better of what the rules of the game are. And the 50-metre thing, you know, the stand rule, getting within the protected zone, how many times do you see that in the last two weeks where a player just, you know, runs past the kicking thing and it's just like, oh, that would have been 50 metres four weeks ago, but now it's not. But anyway, we're speaking about Collingwood, um, obviously a massive game at the G yesterday. Jamie Alec kicking a goal after the siren to get the win. Let's talk about that one, fellas. Why bother? You just spoiled the whole thing. No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. It was an interesting start because... The Pies are a hit and miss with their starts sometimes. Sometimes they start, you know, wait till the last quarter before they actually start putting in effort. But this one, they were off to a flyer. Got up to a 37-point lead at quarter time. Just killing it. It was interesting because the Bombers were actually getting it done in the middle. Like, they were getting a lot of the clearances, but they only had one disposal in their forward 50 and kicked no no goals, I think. So they did nothing. Nothing at all, really. They were pretty poor. Um, But, yeah, they, they then just... Switched it on. They were really impressive. They came through, um, massive resurgence there. Uh, completely reversed it. The tide. Um, they ended up getting a twenty-one point lead in in, in the last yeah. quarter at one stage, which is ridiculous. Um, that Pius let it get to that, and then I don't know. I guess just as ridiculous, the Bombers said, "Oh, cool, job's done. Let's let's yeah. let's be happy, guys. Let's let the Pies do whatever they want." <laughs> they put the effort on, <laughs> but the Pies made a hell of a comeback. Um, looked like. They were going to maybe just fall short, especially when Jeremy Howe did a bit of a howler, getting trying for a bounce, howler. and Harrison Jones, I believe, just got a just got a hand to him. He just got an arm on him, which is the rule. If you're touched while not in possession, it, it's oh. dropping the ball, so it counts as that. Um, so he gets the free kick. You think is he going to seal this one? Probably do. Here's the post. That should have been the sealer, and I guess that's the difference between. Maybe this mattering and knowing that this kick matters in in terms of c- contrast to Jamie Elliott. He knows, got to kick this, game's over, win mm. or lose. Jones is going, this would be handy to kick this, so we know it's over, we've got the win, but you don't know. Ma- the, the, yeah. the pressure probably isn't 
on him as much to, to nail it. Obviously, there's a bit of pressure, but not the same extent. Hits the post, and this brilliant player, which I heard Scott Pendlebury break down, basically, he w- went up to um, Darcy Moore as the shot was yes. about to be taken, and he said, if this is a behind, I want you to sprint either left or right because I'm going to hit you up. Because yeah, everyone so cool. everyone is going to be in the center because they're expecting me to bomb it long or expecting us to bomb it yeah, long I mean, down the center. Yeah, yeah. And this is exactly what happened. He said, either way, whichever side you want to go, that's where I'm kicking it. So Moore obviously sprinted down the left side on his own. He had Peter Wright doing his best. Yeah. But obviously, that's not going to be much. Pendlebury's, I think, word for word, was the easiest kick of his life, hitting it straight to straight hey, oh, to Moore. While, so while, Where did he say this? That's he so said this on um, Triple M this morning with the Marty Sheargold show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Shout no, there was... 20-year-old blokes in the centre just leaving all that space and obviously a few plays down. And that, the, probably the tricky one is Elliot getting that mark between yeah. two defenders. Easy as ever. Um, Crazy. And yeah, ice in his veins. 30 seconds left. He just says, all right. You could see in his eye when he was deciding what he was going to do and eventually he just went, nah, I'm going to just seal this. Apparently he didn't even hear the siren. He's just walking up. <laughs> wow. Explains why some people claim he played off, went off his mark. Uh, but I, I've... Sealed it straight through the middle. Brilliant. Um, cool, calm, collected. Great kick. I still think, I said it a few weeks ago, that Elliot, if he hadn't got injured, would be renowned as one of the greater mm. small forwards to yep. play because he's mm. that talented. Um, yeah, just absolutely nailed it. It was such an exciting game, boys. And if you had any thoughts, hit me up. Well, Tiz, <laughs> you mentioned today at the complete lack of defence from Essendon's team as Collingwood just waltzed down the wing how Bianco got into 40 metres of space and Braden Ham was just watching him run off and how the Essendon sweeper in Langford just watched Elliot take a mark which should never have been taken. And even guys that were just, uh, you know, sit- sitting around that uh, that 50 area, you know, where Jones took his shot and ready to celebrate, as, yeah. as some have called it, um, yeah. as opposed to just going, all right, if, if, he, doesn't, if he doesn't kick this, um, where, where am I supposed to be? And yeah, just letting opponents go side of you when you know that's the only way they can possibly win. They just did not defend and weren't desperate enough. And the Pies, obviously, you know they they had to um, take every, every shot there. And yeah, what an amazing finish! I don't know how. I think it was um, Langford who was the Langford. second man coming in. I mean, he was trying to defend the corridor, a corridor kick, but then he just watched Elliot Mark and, and then didn't take body. Neither of them took body, and he should have it should have been ten rows back in the, <laughs> in the stands. That. Um, I'll tip the bombers if you couldn't tell already. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, an incredible you know, result after the Pies, obviously, you know, started off really well. Bombers um, had a good piece of play for two and a half quarters. And, um, yeah, once again, probably another game that's gone missing. They probably should have beaten the Eagles as well as a Pies. So they've um, they've had some good form. But, um, yeah, Collingwood keep getting it done. We know Richmond aren't getting it done in those really close ones. So it's a credit to them. I think that's seven. I think they're eight and one in those close games under 11 points. I think I heard was in the past nine games, a cumulative margin of 66 points across nine games. They just find a way to just slip over the line. And with that last kick, where do you guys think it sort of rates in terms of recent history of these sort of after the sirens? Like it's two of the biggest clubs to play the game in front of, what was it, like 70-odd, 80,000 there. It was awesome. The difficulty of the kick... What what are your thoughts on this one? Look, I, it's right up there with Nunes, I think. I feel like Nunes was oh, marginally tough. Oh, it's tough, tough to call. But they were both unbelievable. I 
did not like I listened to it on on the radio because I was working like I always do on the Sunday. <laughs> it's funny when you watch it back and you go, oh. he, he marked it there. Yeah. How did he mark it? Like, yeah. He kicks this. Yeah. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff. But yeah, I just I mean the pies with all those small margin wins. I mean it's it's a habit. Like it's a learnt skill. Yeah, yeah. Obviously they're not going to win every close game, but that's a it's a good thing to have in your cap, you know, being able to execute under the pressure and, and in those moments. So McRae would be very happy with that. I've got some really interesting thoughts on this and I don't, I don't have much <laughs> we'll of it. Judge that, huh? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a sam- too much of a sample size, but we know Hawthorne going towards the end of their tenure and, and era, I suppose. They, uh, in 2016, was sort of when it came to the end and they were winning a lot of games by really small margins. Um, eventually, that does come back to bite you, um, a la the 2016 qualifying final where Isaac Smith uh, unfortunately missed. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you'd rather be you'd rather be winning those those close ones than not. Um, you do want to give yourself more margin for error when you are in control of a game, and they've had a lot of games where their expected scores higher. Um, credit to them for winning, but yeah, just something I'll, I'll keep note of in terms of um, you know when Hawthorne. That was the end of Hawthorne was um, them not winning by much mm-hmm. at all because the better Hawthorne teams just put the game to bed earlier. So you you open yourself up to maybe lose some, but you definitely take uh, being in the top four right now as opposed yeah, to losing those other ones. It's crazy that they made the top four. Oh, it's unbelievable. Just going back to your point, um, Nunes and Robbie Gray were actually on a similar no, angle, yeah, but they awesome. they had a they had a tighter angle, but Elliot was further out. Yeah. So it's like yeah. that trade-off. Um, I think they're all probably probably those three are right right together. I uh, think the whole moment, Elliot probably takes the cake, doesn't yeah. it? You know, <laughs> just the crowd, yeah, the yeah. the moment, the the historical stuff between the two clubs, and and the NBA three point sort of celebration was great. Just yeah. where are you? You know, I can't, I can't hear you. <laughs> and the, and back to the the learnt skill, like people saying, oh, Collingwood getting all these buddy, you know, lucky wins and stuff. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not luck. luck. It's not. it's deliberate. You know, the fact that Pendlebury's got the mindset to say hey you know we probably still he's probably thinking we might not win it but let's give ourselves every chance to win it and it, and it worked out yeah. and i just think i mean the bombers it's just a little snippet like we'll all see it if you haven't already that where they're sort of encroaching towards jones in yeah. anticipation he's going to kick the whole celebration sort of thing i think that's just a little snippet of why they've struggled and yeah. get ahead of themselves they're not professional enough they drink their own bathwater, and i'd be fuming <laughs> i'd be fuming as a bombers fan not just for the weekend but just the whole thing, another poor start to the season and it's going to cost them again. It was a big chance for them to actually kind of legitimise what has seemed like a hot streak, a chance to go, look, now we've taken down the pies after beating all these other sides. Mm-hmm. We actually are a good team. We just had a bit of a hiccup in the beginning and, and this sort of effort kind of drops them back down again in terms of people's view of them. Rutten's uh, presser after the game, pretty lukewarm, I thought. You'd be seething after you've had the game in your hands there. And yeah, what did 21, you said something uh, along the likes of, like, oh, you know, we would have preferred if we won the game or something just weird said, like that. He said we were pleased to give ourselves a That's chance right. to win. Yeah. Oh, stuff that, mate. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it just speaks to a club that is good, but maybe not right where they need to be. Collingwood were pleased that... Essendon gave them a chance to win. <laughs> really? Like, let's Savage. be honest. Like, if you're not seething after that kind of loss, so yeah. you're going nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Just as another thing is t- touching, <laughs> touching on that goal and the importance of big goals and big moments. Do you guys catch Josh Dacos's potential? We talked about Draper's goal it. of the no, year, the year before. Dacos versus Draper's from the week before. I'm actually maybe leaning towards 
Dacos almost. They're pretty even. He basically runs through two players and then yeah. kicks it off the boundary. Get it up if you if you want to, Langers. Yeah, wow. Well, <laughs> if we can. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. Uh, oh, God, <laughs> no. mate. I thought it was number one so far. I'd think that. I love Draper's goal. Nothing like quite a, a Ruckman streaming out Ruckman. the middle, but... Just the, the second little touch where it just sort of controls it like a basketball and then a the couple of bounces well. and the snap. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's great. Get around it did, on YouTube fans if you haven't. Did, mm. did Draper run through anyone? Oh, I feel like he didn't yeah, really he have did. any pre- yeah. Oh, there was a little bit of pressure. Yeah. There was, there was a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Once he got inside the 50, he kind of fended off and, yep. and did okay. a walk at the same time. So And Dacos sort of had to take on two blokes two, in two contests to then two get to the snap. Contests. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty, pretty good. Might win on pure weight numbers length. I'll still have to watch it to make that adjudication, my friend. But from one goal after the siren to a, not goal a non-even chance of a goal after the siren, Freo and Richmond played in, well, I was going to say a thrilling draw, but it was probably one of the worst, best games I've oh, seen in a while. A Tears, take us through this one, mate. It's the, out of three weeks, I think you told me Richmond have left 10 points on the table. Potentially. It's, it's, fair, it's, it's a fair chance, mate. I was definitely... Speaking to the Dockers, uh, wonderful defensive efforts. You spoke to the Dockers? Yeah, I spoke to... Wow. Yep, I spoke yeah, to JL. Yeah. Just no, just, just their defensive <laughs> efforts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, first draw of 2022 and what was a very, you know, seesawing affair between, um, you know, the Tigers and the Dockers playing at Richmond's favourite home ground, by the way, at uh, Marvel. Um, so Dimmer was ultrally pleased with it. Dockers obviously started off pretty well. You know, they, they got um, got a lot of scoreboard ascendancy early on in the piece, kicked the first three. Um, so they were outs of um, all guns blazing early on. And as you know, Richmond, as they do, they work their way back into the game, uh, winning it in the contest. And yeah, just making it life really difficult for the Dockers. But it's absolutely amazing to score 104 points in total aggregate score under the roof. Under the lid, perfect conditions. Lid. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think it was a lot of it was very tactical from the Dockers. I think t- Tigers, you would usually score 80, 90 plus. Um, so it was, yeah, it was great coaching from um, JL to keep it pretty, you know, pretty low scoring. But yeah, it's, it's one of these games of missed opportunities. And, um, you know, neither side could really get score on the scoreboard when it was inside 50. So it was definitely a game between the arcs. Both defences were, were absolutely rock solid and you know, lob being out definitely you know, made it really difficult to ensure that they could you know, take a contested mark because neither side could really um, you know, get it going in that contested mark fashion inside 50. So We will speak. There's a bit of news around uh, lob. We will speak about him towards oh. the end of this game. But um, Fremantle's forward line, just I don't think they'll be a threat in finals if they can't produce a score. Like, is that fair to say? Tabiner, I didn't realise Tabiner's 30. He's, yeah. he's been around yeah. for a long time. I've barely, barely known. He's kicked seven this year and then had a really poor year after that, to be honest. But Also, if, when you just think in Fife's getting on top yeah. of injury, it was a hamstring yeah. again, so he'll be out both hamstrings. One was sore and then one... Oh, my God. Jeez. Yeah, so he, he's cooked. <laughs> he's, he's out to pasture. Um, uh, he only has two brownlows to go for his career. So <laughs> savage. Yeah, look, I I do think they can be a, a threat still off the back mm. of their defensive work. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but you're right. I mean, definitely they can be shut down, and they don't have that natural X factor dynamic stuff. I guess that's why they do need lob. I think Walters has been a massive drop off. That's probably not new. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, a snooze fest for a long time, but it really picked up in the end. 
So Freo capitalised on a fantastic moment, um, and there's two big moments in this game that we'll talk about. So you mentioned again during the week, Freo uh, almost in the top four base of two really great defensive efforts this year. Yeah, so obviously round one, I'm not sure of the player's name, but Heath it was Chapman. Chapman, mm. right on the goal line. It could have gone, it was going through for a goal. So, it uh, was. and even if he touched, like, would have been a draw. But the fact that he just punched it directly Away. inside the field of play, um, as well and then as. And got the one, two, and got it out of there. And it, was, it was an amazing defensive <laughs> effort. Um, <laughs> and, and then, obviously, you know, Frederick, just uh, attention to detail. We remember a few years ago, um, I'm sure us Cats fans would. Obviously, no from uh, Charlie Dixon took, taking too long in the 20... Took, 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 <laughs> took, took, took Millering too long. Uh, obviously, uh, took, took his 30 and then some, and then you know all of a sudden players are running in. So, Frederick was all over it, and um, yeah, did a smother, which you know arguably cost the Tigers uh, the four points there in terms of you know being able to stop that score, which was incredible. Same more than arguably. And that's been Richmond's you know thing all year. They just, in the big moments... They just either panic or get it wrong. And Cumberland, you can understand, he, he was doing the right thing. But after the week before when Arts had a mark inside 50 and played on, surely you just take the mark and have a shot at goal in a drawn game and just get it over the line somewhere. He's a booming kick. He kicked a really big goal earlier in the game as well. At the trip, I don't know, I don't know why he didn't... Yeah. I've, I've, maybe the young fella just didn't want the pressure at the end of the game to have to be sitting back and roosting it. All he needed was a behind... I think he obviously. I don't. I can't remember exactly what was it in front of him. It's made obviously something of uh, like a good kick. Was, was it? There again. Yeah. Was there someone on his own? Because that seems the only reason why you would want to quickly play on when there's no time left. And he marked it inside fifty. Yeah. I think um, it's just it's crazy. instinctual. It go. It goes so fast in the moment. I think it just comes down in experience. I, yeah. I don't think he Definitely. would have even been conscious of. Mm-hmm. Of course, he knew it was late, but I don't think. He would have been calmly thinking through like a Jamie Elliott did, or a Jack Rewald who was right behind him screaming, you know, stop. But mm. it all happened so quick. Oh, was Jack Rewald in his ear saying, you don't move, don't move. Probably about a metre away. Yeah, yeah. Just, so oh, it is just inexperience. It is, yeah. And it's interesting because we just touched on the Collingwood game. Pendles did say in a the Marty Sheargold Triple M interview <laughs> <laughs> that uh, they've been saying it all year. Their, their coaching team came together and said, if you ever take a mark inside 50 and you you know, you're not sure how much long is left, if it's 30 seconds or something. If you're inside 50 and you know you're capable of kicking it, go for it. Because we'd much rather have you miss a shot after the siren but get the chance to actually take the shot than try and hit it up at the, you know, at the end of the square and then have the siren go before anything happens. Rosie Rosie did it too. I don't know if you guys remember, Rosie had a mark inside 50 late in the Cats game and, and just turned and played on a wheel to nothing and just tripled it out of bounds. And it was like... You've got, to have, you've got to be better than that. It's great yeah. to have Richmond D back. I've, <laughs> I've missed so that. Back, aren't they? I've missed that. <laughs> but I, I'd say the blame goes on Bolter, though. I, yeah, not to say, oh, all this focused on one player, but if you're going to have a have a go at a young fella for, for inexperience, you have to go have a have a crack at someone who's a bit more experienced for for, for being an idiot, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> The giant screen, giant screen with a clock in front of you, an umpire who tells you multiple times, play on, so, like move, you have to move along, and just, I know there's composure and you want to, you know, take your composure, and I think Rewalt was part of that as well, wasn't he telling who, him who to cares? take his Who time? cares? Oh, yeah. well, who I've, cares? I've got a really interesting one on this yeah, one. So, um, you know who you wouldn't Anytime. want? Yeah. <laughs> you know who you wouldn't want as your lawyer? Oh, no. Who? Bolter. Why is that? After the game, he's like, 
Yeah, yeah, Jack told me to take my 30, so I took, yes. my, took my 30. So he threw, threw he Jack under the bus, the bus and refused to take responsibility for not executing the moment. Bolter, what are you doing, mate? And that, that's when he said, who cares? He was like, oh, you know, didn't pa- turn off. Who didn't turn up? Who cares? Everyone's like, I care. Oh. Dibber's like, I care, bro. Sorry, I thought you were setting this up for like a knock-knock joke yeah, or something, yeah, the way yeah. you were opening so up. No, he just had like no no poker face. He just like sold real old under the bus. So, it was uh, Take your 30. Yeah, so, no, good good job on um, putting your teammates under the bus there. So, t- <laughs> be better, Bolter. Yeah. Just go back and kick the, kick the shot. Just it in Europe, but <laughs> yeah. Can I just say one little off-Broadway sort of comment Ooh. here? Now, of course, it didn't really matter at this stage, but we got to fix rules before they actually cost us a game. When the bounce of the ball is recalled in the middle and we lose a couple of yes. seconds, put it back on I the damn clock. I went back and looked at... Hold the clock. For the time elapsed. So if, yeah. so if it's two I mean, seconds to works. read, then just don't start the clock until two seconds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll have the same outcome yeah. in the end, won't it? Because, for example, if that happened, Cumberland would have... It wouldn't have been the siren. Potentially, ball wouldn't have got will, to a player just yet. But you know what I mean. I'll, I accept that completely. But also, in another great act from Fremantle, Caleb Saron was on him anyway. He was going to tackle him, no, holding the ball. Saron was right there, ready for the play on, and, and would have gone only pulled up because he heard the siren. So yeah, and also, I believe it was Cumberland that got it to um, to Arts inside 50 the week before yeah. so he's definitely a player that just gets that rush and he gets the ball he's he wants to great, make Cumberland. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's kicked 2-3 two, two, in the yep. in the Gold Coast game when he was a sub when he came on so yep. it's, ripping it's, kick it's absolutely I don't know it's just really poor for, for the Tigers this year you can say you know we've been in the opportunity to win all of these games and you know many people bring up stats you know there's only what 20 odd points or 30 odd points that stops us from being top of the ladder this yeah. year well it's there. It's there for yeah. a reason. You lost the games. That's yeah. what that's what matters. It doesn't matter how close you got against how many teams. Mm. If you didn't get it done, look at the Magpies. They've yeah. gotten it done, and they're top four. No one would have seen that coming. Yeah. You just got to capitalize, and it's part of the game. You know, you say, oh, if, you know, flip of the coin, going this way or that. That is the whole point of the game. If you don't make it, it's your fault. Absolutely. You mentioned before there was some. Rio news trade-wise in regards to their lack of forward line power in this yeah, game? You, you talked about um, Lobb not being in the game. It sounds like he won't be in Fremantle for, for too long. There are reports, and obviously this is speculation, that he has actually gone to Fremantle and straight up requested a trade wow. um, to Victoria, I believe, or, or to the Eastern States, wherever yeah. he yeah. wants to go. And it's just no. after... Because well, it comes after it's last season idea. where he, he did request a trade back to the Giants, I believe, yeah. last year. Um, now he just seems he, he wants out. And it's, it's really interesting coming... He's their leading goal kicker at the moment. Yeah. And I just wanted to raise the, the point of... do you, Is this something you should do when your team's actually fighting, you know, potentially to actually be in contention for a flag, yeah. for finals? Do, shouldn't you just leave this to your manager to kind of be speculating mm-hmm. and talk to other clubs and stuff? I know, he's, I know he's contracted, but people... You break contracts all the time. You have to go to Fremantle and say, oh, I want out sort of thing. Yeah, I would have thought it's unusual. Yeah, particularly it'd be different if they were 14th and not going to be playing finals. But yeah, I think it's a bit unusual if that is correct that he's done it. Um, Yeah, strange timing. It's weird. I remember, what was it? Rocky Henderson. Remember when he requested, or he basically was open and honest. The only player Mm. that we've ever seen actually straight up let people know that he wanted to trade yeah, yeah. Um, at the end of the year, and then we saw him get dropped for the whole second half of the season. But that's a bit different. Can't 
bottom dwells at the time, I think. But Fremantle actually, you know, fighting for position, and this is the sort of stuff that, you know, causes a bit of angst around the club and a bit of, you know, iffiness. So I'm not a fan of it, mm. and I think just focus on the season that you're in. I know it's the cliche they always all say when media asks them, but I think it actually should be your mindset. I'm just focusing on this season and see what happens afterwards. Yeah. I don't know why I play it that publicly, um, <laughs> but, but we're good on it. Maybe, maybe it's a way to just increase that salary, um, as players tend to do. Um, example, Buddy Franklin. Um, and, yeah, I mean, bizarre. He, so he was obviously at the Giants... Frio, then he wants to get back to the Giants. Now he's picking a Victorian club. Just not sure what the motive is. So, yeah, it's got more questions than answers on that one. Uh, one last touch point on this game. Uh, just came out today that Kane Lambert is retiring due to his persistent hip issues. I believe he actually needs a hip replacement, Yikes. which is which is horrible. Um, in the games that he's played this year, they've won seven and, and, and lost zero. No, I can't. In the games that he's missed, they've had two wins, one draw, and eight losses. So he's an extremely important part of that midfield. Had an incredible career, you know, drafted at 23 out of the VFL, 135 games for three flags. It's, you know, winning a flag every sort of 30, 40 games is not too bad. What a, what a career. He's definitely been, you know, a major barometer for them and just a player that sort of off Broadway goes under the radar a little bit, but internally probably one of the first players picked. So um, yeah, his skill and just his ability to work between the contests and you know defensively work, um, you know, has been significant. A couple of goals in the prelim final twenty twenty get him over the line, which is um, yeah absolutely crazy to beat Port over there. Crazy great player, three flags, three hips. <laughs> no, he's a he's a great player, and you do hope that the, he's still going to have Tigers flip the bill for that one And another massive game of the weekend, boys. I reckon it's the best game I've seen all year. Really? Uh, Geelong Port Adelaide. That I haven't seen every game, but I thought it was. In... Did you watch the Geelong Mitchell one? Um, yeah, I was there. Oh, yeah, that's right up. It was. It was you watched on TV. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to get a feel for it when you're at the game because utter chaos. But yeah. <laughs> Intensity. Yeah, <laughs> Intensity was up. I must admit, though, half-time, I was just cruising to KFC with Tice, and we weren't all too worried. 34 points up. I thought, that yeah, should be a piece of cake. I think Port will probably hit back at some stage, but Cat should be fine here. But that third quarter was probably as good a footy as anyone has taken up to Geelong in the recent period of time, and, yeah, in general. So, But that last quarter is a real good case study particularly for the cats because i think that really replicates finals footy and i know they've fought back from deficits late you know particularly richmond like the example you just said but i think to do it away from home roaring crowd all the momentum against the cats i was super impressed with the way they performed Um, i reckon it was a real bit of belief they'd take from that and i think for port adelaide you know it's it's just always going to be a season that you go Gee, they're a damn good team, but they burnt themselves with that start. And it was always going to be really tough after they did start so poorly, and it's proven to be. Because I think they're a finals team right now, but they've just shot themselves in the foot too early in the season. Yeah, we were talking about them earlier in the year, Port Adelaide, you know, whether they'd have to sort of start re- start a bit of a rebuild, what's going on with Ken. They still have a really good team, and a lot of their young players are coming to the fore. Marshall... Butters, um, Rosie especially. You know, yeah. Rosie could be you know the best player in the game in you know within two or three years. So if he's not yeah. in the top ten this year based on the coaches voting, but you know Port gave Geelong both barrels, and the second barrel was a lot yeah. bit a lot bigger, and Geelong was able to respond both times. And 
somehow were in front at quarter time. It was probably the worst five-goal quarter I've ever seen from a team in terms of how how good Port looked and then all of a sudden Geelong were in front. But yeah, eight goals you don't want to be giving up. It was reminiscent of the St Kilda and the Collingwood games. Um, but to win two out of three of those games, giving up you know seven, eight, nine-goal quarters... Um, they're doing something right, Geelong. Yeah, and if, if anyone was actually going to get a high-contact free kick this round, I didn't think it was going to be Tom Bloody Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, great as well from a Cats point of view is I think in previous years, particularly heading into September, all of those moments, three-quarter times, like, where's Joel? Where's Paddy? You know, they need a lift. Hawkins, etc. And, you know, Hawkins obviously played really well, but, you know, the other guys, it was Tommy Atkins was enormous. Tyson Stengel, I think he's just in unbelievable form. He's got finals player written all over him, so exciting stuff. Talking about Atkins. Oh, mate, you, you lead the Atkins fan club. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But the move into the midfield's been brilliant. I mean, people who follow the Cats closely know that that's where he plied his trade in the, in the BFL, mm-hmm. which eventually got him drafted as a mature ager. And he just hunts the ball almost as good as anyone certainly in Geelong's team now people might be surprised by that but the baton's definitely been passed to him and it was shown he was quiet for the first three quarters and we're thinking gee we just got to win around the contest because the centre bounce destroyed us in the third quarter and it was Tom Atkins who just said boys I'm chucking you on me back and I'll take you there how how good is it to see just he's playing VFL midfield in an AFL team he's yeah. he doesn't care about you know clean kicks he's just getting it on the boot you know mm-hmm. similar to how Melbourne were doing in, in finals last year just get it forward get the dirty ball forward it, it suits Geelong's game style and it worked so well I reckon he almost set up three goals just getting it on the boot and getting it out of the pack you know at certain times mm-hmm. of the game we definitely don't win without him because yeah his you know, presence in the, in the last quarter you know, was um, ultra significant so um, yeah and obviously early on um, Port definitely, you know, they, they started off pretty nicely, you know, kicking the first few. They were just, yeah, winning it out of the middle and then moving the ball really quickly, unsettling our defence where they just had isolation with one-on-ones and they were winning those contests, which, you know, that footy's um, a simple game sometimes when you just win out of the middle, get um, get some clearances and whatnot. So, yeah, but to our credit, you know, Port made us a couple of silly mistakes, a couple of their pressure acts, um, you know, really turned the ball over nicely in our front half and we were able to... Somehow be in front of a quarter time and then and Buckley was um, had must have had ten grand on Port because he's like oh Geelong yeah. were only front because of Port's mistakes it's like well a lot of teams lose because of their own mistakes but anyway <laughs> cop that Nathan you, you flog <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but anyway um, yeah obviously it was really good and, and again Port invited pressure you know it was um, one minute ago or you know just under two minutes in the second, second term yeah. and they they're going back in the middle. When you know you just got to kicking it out of defence, yeah. And they conceded two goals off the back of that. Thirty-four points, you lose by two goals. There's there's your game right there. So um, no, they the, sorry, yeah, they, they weren't, weren't the most important kicks after siren for the weekend. But I think Geelong kicked uh, goals after siren in the first and second term proved pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Definitely uh, helped out a lot. And obviously that third term, Jer- your man, mate, Jeremy Finlayson, and four <laughs> four centre clearances <laughs> as, as a ruckman. We've got we've got a running joke, man. Tears. Like we, I think earlier we were talking about, oh, he won't be any good at port. He's a bloody hack, and he's just turned into this ruck hybrid, like kicking goals. He's getting centre bounce appearances, and he's just he's playing really well. Finlayson, to his credit, Dixon had a great third quarter. Yeah, he was. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. We were saying how great young De Conning's been playing this this whole season, rising star eligible sort of thing and Dixon said hey this is a man's game son yeah. and just tore him <laughs> apart crazy, to be honest yeah. and it, obviously he's a young kid he's going to have mistakes but Dixon's one of the biggest bulls in the game and 
He, he just wanted to let everyone know, hey, I'm still around and I'm, I'm still a fierce competitor in this side. That look that he gave, I think either a free kick against, Decon- uh, against Dixon or something, and he was on the mark, Dixon. Yep. That look and he mouthed whatever he mouthed. I was like, holy shit, that guy's intense. But yeah, it's crazy. Intense. To his credit though, DK had a really strong last quarter and Dixon didn't have much of an impact. Yeah, yeah he's pretty tired by then. But yeah, Dixon's such a such an imposing figure and we generally don't really have a matchup for him. But no. yeah, come that final term, you know, um, and pressure lifted and just, I mean, again, if you win the ball around the contest and you get field position, I mean, it helps a long way with give, getting your forwards to be able to set up as well as, you know, your defenders be able to get set behind the ball. So, um, yeah, some really clutch moments um, in there taken by the team. And hopefully um, that that is very similar to finals footy, as Shorty said. So hopefully we can replicate that um, when the calendar rolls over to September. Yeah, and you talked about impact and, you know, Dixon, that impact as a player. I think what has to go underrated is the importance that Reece Stanley has actually been playing for this Geelong side the last few weeks, or even the whole season, to be honest. Um, the fact that he went out and the cat seemingly fell apart for that entire <laughs> quarter. Um, obviously, it was a, a young man in Neil stepping up to, to take a big, big task. Mm. But, you know, credit to him, he actually played reasonably well. But it just showed how important Stanley actually is. He's he getting around, not just hit outs, but actually being around the ground, his mm. presence there. Um, they're going to miss him for a few weeks, but probably see how Segler goes, I guess, yeah. coming up. I'm I mean, pretty... Sorry, Tiz, what were you going to say? It was about seven or eight clearances that he got in the yeah, first half. And 12 touches. And 12 touches. And six inside 50. Yeah, he was, he was huge. I'm a bit worried, to be honest. Uh, I know Scotty, after the game, said medium term, probably. Now, to me, that says minimum three. And the way the Cats tend to be, it's it's always a little bit extra. So I reckon he'll be... Might be the first time I actually like the pre-finals buy. Might give him an extra yeah, week. Yeah, but I think it's just crucial, not just for what Reese can do like he did in the first half, but allowing Blitzarves to play the role that's been so good. Mm. He rucks well, and he'll yeah. probably do it well, but it's that midfield stuff and tagging that he won't yeah. be able to do. You know what? It's a scary thing that's coming to fruition here. Is oh, a few boy. weeks ago, I did say, when, when Segler actually started playing in the VFL, I said, won't be long before maybe they go to give Reece Stanley a rest. Segler, yeah. Segler plays, rest. starts <laughs> playing well, and then you come to finals, and it's a battle between who's the, who's the guy we're actually going to you know play or who the Cats are going to put in the side. Oh, and. And, and then the pressure falls on both players. You know, you've got to perform or else you're going to get dropped and someone's mm. going to take your place. And if we've ever seen anything with Reece Stanley is, is he's a guy who needs confidence. And Sorry. in a few Sorry. years ago when he wasn't p- perhaps as solid as the number one ruck, we, we did see him collapse a little bit when he, when he didn't mm-hmm. have his chance. But it's interesting. We've seen him out for a few weeks. Segler maybe being the main man for three or four weeks coming into finals. Do you just see them go, all right, we'll stick with Segler, or do you see them make the change? Honestly, it's 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 not perfect that Stanley's injured, but the timing is good because you can get two weeks into Segler, and if he's, I don't know, then you know maybe Conway comes in for a debut. He's just come back off a con- concussion know. in the VFL. He's playing very well. He's a big-bodied 18-year-old Tears, believe me. It's just it's good to have options. I'm not, I'm not saying Conway's going to come in and you know dominate the final series, but... I think Geelong's preferred structure is the bigger Ruckman in a Stanley or a Segler and then Blitzav's not number one Ruck. And you, you can't have Blitz and then Neil or Blitz and then Sav. Definitely, yeah. I, I think you want Stan. I mean, first step would be let's hope it's not anything longer than a month. Yeah. Because Segler could come in and we could be like, oh, geez, this yeah. bloke's cooked. Like, yeah. he looks like a guy who hasn't played much footy. And he's, you know, he's Hamish McIntosh style. style. He, he has, but, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, it yeah. doesn't yeah. always translate. So, 
That'll be a very interesting medical report, which we'll probably find out soon. They did say today that it was oh, it was, was it was thing? not worst case, it was just medium oh, term, so probably three to four. But That's with cool. with that buy it could be five weeks and then he plays a final one, it's probably six weeks, so That's all right. Yeah. I'm good to hear. All the best to race. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 just, I don't. Want, I don't want to hit Conway, yeah. so I'll, yeah. I'll just. No, fair enough. It's an interesting substitution. <laughs> I thought that that Neil happened to be named as the the injury sub, and then and Reese just happened to come out. I don't think I've seen Geelong name a ruckman as their <laughs> injury sub the entire season, so it seemed a bit coincidental and. You know, the sub's been under a bit of controversy recently, obviously with the, the Richmond game. We didn't actually mention that, but that was no. an interesting call where Morris, young Morris came on for, yeah. what was it, tightness they named as the injury or something? Well, I, I've, I've heard calf, calves. I've heard groin soreness, but yeah, I think he was subbed out with being tall. I, I've heard they had to submit the application yeah. three times before the AFL actually accepted it, so... It'll be great to ditch the sub next year. Maybe just in a one-word answer around the crew, I'd love to know... Do you like the draw or would you like to see it go? Ooh. I personally oh, like it. Always leave the draw. It's great. It's exciting. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one word answer. Oh, a couple. Yes. <laughs> no. No. Oh. Scrap it. Bang. Be good to get a winner. But okay. I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. In the context of a home and away season, this is my one word answer. A draw is a result. Frio have the draw, so they can only finish second or fifth now, unless they you know, lose every game. But the fact that they've got the two points, the percentage doesn't count, and it may hurt them, it may help them. Yeah, you get that, um, just that weird feeling at the end of the game. Which but, is a cool feeling, though. I, I, I love it when a, draw, <laughs> when a draw happens. It's exciting. You go, holy shit, there's a draw. How mm. great's that? Yeah, I think it's a great, unique part of our game, and I... Definitely has to be in the finals, clearly in the grand yeah. finals, good. But yeah, I think it's a good quirk to the ladder and then it's part of our game. Yeah. The exciting uh, five minutes each end uh, once, once scores are level. Oh, it would well, be so exciting. In a yeah. final, it's doubly exciting, it's, mate. So. <laughs> no, I've definitely seen a few of those and they are absolutely um, cliffhangers. So. Yeah, I feel like some, sometimes the draw is the reward for a team who maybe they've started getting injuries and they were holding on to a lead made it to the final siren, that's almost a victory a or a sigh a, a sigh for yeah. a side. Yeah. Yeah, and true. I think to take that away from a side would be, yeah, disappointing. <clears throat> we'll just go through the rest of the round's games quickly as we wrap this episode up. Hawthorne beat North Melbourne by 46 points. Jack Gunston kicked five in a great display. Sydney beat Adelaide by 33 points at the SCG. What I, what I first quarter that was. Absolutely. Uh, Brisbane Lions beat the Gold Coast Suns in a close game, but uh, ultimately Brisbane won out by 17 points. Um, a game we probably could have spoken about, but um, probably wasn't at the same level, but the Dogs pipped Melbourne at the end by 10 points. An amazing smother by Bailey Dale. Jamara also, he's he's coming. Like he, he's, every, he's, he's his breakout <laughs> the last two weeks, and it shows how important it is having Josh Bruce there. Yes. Taking the number one defender, allowing Jamara just to run around and kick bags, it's mm. it's really impressive to see. I reckon the dogs are actually going to be really formidable if they mm. hold on a spot in the eight. Mm. Saucy. Jamara was actually the Rising Star nomination for this round. I didn't even think he was eligible. Yeah. Corns was very, very <laughs> critical of... Um, 
Josh Bruce's performance <clears throat> too, by the way, which is bizarre because well, he, he kicks... Well, he, he, <laughs> yeah, him doing the negative. And kicks five as a result of Bruce taking the second best exactly. at all. I don't think he's kicked defender. a goal since he's been back, Bruce, but yeah. he's only had five touches in his two games, but structurally, as you matter. said... It's, yeah. it's all structure. That's the reason he's in this yeah. side, because he's too much of a threat. Exactly Great right. win from the dogs. Absolutely. Carlton beat uh, GWS by 36 points, and Saints got the job done in the West over the Eagles by 28 Expected victory there, you just but a very important one, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that will pretty much do us for this episode. Tiz, did you have something else there, mate? Or <laughs> I was just thinking about the draw again. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, shout out to um, Dockers. I believe it's Hayden Young. It, it was uh, absolutely. It was great. great. Yeah. It was brilliant. It's really and good. It's looking. Um, it's been really good all year, but that game was just superb. Cool. Thanks for that, mate. Um, <laughs> anyway, that will be the end of our episode. Um, thank you, everyone who's listened to us all throughout the year. Please make sure um, you're commenting, liking, subscribing, all of our platforms. Um, hit us up with how you think your team's going to go, where you think they'll finish on the ladder, um, who you think you'll play in the first final. Um, we love hearing your comments and responses. Boys, thank you for joining me slash us. Yes. Thanks, fellas. Catch you later, alligators. Thanks Catch for ya. listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. AFL Unlimited because footy is limitless.